Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about suffering. Um, you, as you might imagine, I, I am privy to many, many people's deep and darkest suffering. And while we have heard, I'm sure you have, and I have too, that awakening is the end of suffering, I just want to say that that's, I'm not arguing with that. That's absolutely true. It's just not relatively true. Because the the absolutely true that um, <clears throat> my little dog Willie, which you've heard me talk about before, he's thought my heart of hearts, and he's got cancer, and I am deeply concerned, but I'm not worried. I'm not suffering over it. When he dies, or, he, or he's not necessarily going to die from this cancer, but there will be a day that he dies. And, I, and it's we don't know that I'll be there, but the odds are pretty good that I'll be there. And when that occurs, will there be suffering? Uh, I, I can see where it's possible. But I don't want to get ahead of events. And what we usually do is we suffer ahead of time. We suffer prior to an event that, or a circumstance that brings about suffering. So we're going to talk about that today. But before we do, I've got two things that I want to bring up. One of them is please reach over and hit that subscribe button. I can't tell you how vital this is for this teaching. It's absolutely vital. And please give us <clears throat> a uh, give us a like. These things mean a lot. They don't mean nothing to me, but they mean a lot to Google. They mean a lot to, to, to YouTube. So it makes a lot of difference on how broadly these messages are broadcast. And we need as much support as we can get. I mean, it's free. Hello. <laughs> Please give us back a little something. Comments are good. It's all good. So the other thing I want to mention is that uh, a week from tomorrow, I think it is, it's on a Saturday, December 18th at 2 o'clock uh, p.m. Eastern Time. There will be a, a post-awakening seminar. Um, we're, it's it's, it's going to be powerful. I can assure you of that. And you can find details for that on the website at awakeningclaritynow.com. And now that concludes this part of our uh, session, or our, our recording. So this suffering. I can remember a story which I may have recounted to you before, but the Suzuki Roshi, I can't remember who it was that died, but it was, but it was someone dear and uh, dear to the Suzuki Roshi. And um, that person, uh, a person died. And uh, some students noticed Suzuki Roshi crying on the inside of the Zendo. They went into the Zendo, he was crying, and everybody went outside, and mostly newcomers, right? You know, or fairly newcomers. And they started talking amongst themselves, and they were very disappointed in Suzuki Roshi because, look, there he was crying. 
I mean, he should know better. You know, in, you don't, there's no crying in enlightenment. <clears throat> and then a senior student spoke to them. And what the senior stu student said was, uh, enlightenment does not mean that there's no distress. It means that you can go into that feeling as deeply as you want and not care about, uh, and, and not care about it. They pop it up on the screen, I'm sorry. And not care about what anybody thinks about you. And, and I get that completely. And if you don't, it's because you're either not awakened or you don't understand. You're not clear on the awakening that has occurred. Because we will hear a lot of stuff and we will repeat it out of habit. And because it looks good and sounds good and everybody will agree with me. But not everything that's said about non-duality out there is true. And some of it that is true is misunderstood on a daily basis. That's the reason I try to offer as plain, uh, plain talking uh, a teaching as I can, plain speaking, like Harry Truman, the president Harry Truman, he was known for plain speaking. And that's what I would like to be known for is plain speaking. And I think I am fairly well known for that. So <clears throat> suffering is the personal suffering is what we're talking about. Because Suzuki Roshi, Roshi was not, Suzuki Roshi was suffering, but awakeness that was operating through Suzuki Roshi was not. I can assure you of that. I'm sure there would have been uh, a deep compassion because awakeness and love are just two names for the, for the same thing. And so there would have been great love there. And there would have been compassion and there would have been ultimately understanding. That's what we're really looking at. There would have been an understanding. And, but that doesn't mean that the, that the little man, the little guy that we call Suzuki Roshi that went from room to room and met, helped us meditate and do all that stuff. That doesn't mean that there would be no consequence there if someone close to him died, because there was, we can see that there was. And I have heard other teachers say that, the, that, the, that they have experienced a close death and um, <clears throat> that they were unconcerned, right? They couldn't find a problem. And I get that. That is absolutely true. But I'm going to say that it's, it's really it's something you ought to really keep to yourself <laughs> because it's going to be misunderstood widely. And it's going to sound very cold and indifferent. And I can assure you, assure you that love is neither cold nor indifferent. Love is care itself. Love is acceptance itself. It is unconditional acceptance. 
what I hear people calling up, like call me, but nobody gets to me on their best day. Why would they? You know, nobody just hit the lottery and said, wow, just hit the lottery. I think I'll call Fred Davis and find out how to wake up from this dream. <laughs> I would have never called me and, and, and until I was suffering so greatly that I had no choice. Then I did call me. This unit apparently called out to something else. That's what it felt like at the time. But it's really me just telling me that, hey, I've, I've had enough through this unit. <laughs> Desperately need to see, to see clearly here because there was so much suffering prior to my awakening. I was driven to it. I had an awakening session yesterday. It was not successful. Now, in my eyes, it, I can't really say that because I watched this person wake up several times, but I watched them also, they got it, right? There was the flash, you could see it. There was the aha, and then they would back right into thought and the thought would overcome the experience. They were paying more attention to thought than they were to experience. And it's not, not anyone to be blamed about that. That's just, that's the way it's unfolding. That's the way it's unfolding within oneness. So it's perfectly okay. Whatever happens is perfectly okay. And I felt deep compassion and love for that person and hated that I just really, I did. I just hated the fact that I couldn't give this to him. And I worked, I mean, I worked, I mean, I, I, I coaxed and I, and, and, and I did this and I cussed and I like this because that's what happened through this unit. This unit does what it does, and it doesn't care what any what, what the client thinks either, because if the client wakes up, it will not care how that was done. But this guy couldn't, because I think the real secret lay in the fact what he told me, told me early on is that he had an awakening many years ago, and that he was not suffering what the report was, um, but that he was curious about the non-dual. And I'm going to suggest curiosity about non-duality is not enough. It's going to be driven. And I tell you, I'm not saying that you have to suffer. You don't in the sense that there, you don't have to, if you haven't had a dark night of the soul, don't go looking for one. It's not, it's not required. Nothing is required. Because I regularly work with people who just walking down the street and boom, and I say that regularly, and it's not every month, but but it uh, it's regularly, and or maybe it's irregularly, but it it's but it's it's not commonplace, but it's not rare. This, if you have a curiosity about the truth, <clears throat> that's not going to be enough for you either. If you have a burning desire a need, if you have the gift of desperation is what we used to call uh, this thing in AA when it came to, if you had the gift of desperation, if you were desperate enough that you were at the end of your rope, then AA could probably help you. But if you weren't there, there wasn't anything they could do. And uh, they, were, they, they did not coach people. They didn't coax people into AA. You came because you had to. That's the only reason anybody ever came. So come here, come to pursue awakeness 
if you can't not. But if you're just wanting to see what might be out there or whatever, the odds are just, it doesn't mean it can't happen with a full-scale miracle of God, anything can happen. And you could become the the, the unknowing victim of such such a, a miracle. And when I say you, 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 you I'm actually not referring to a, a human being, but you'll think I am. <laughs> I'm not referring to a particular character, but you'll, you'll believe that I am until you wake up. And then you'll see what a big bunch of baloney all of that is. <laughs> because the Fred never woke up. Fred Davis never woke up. There ain't one. How could what's not here wake up, right? What is here is awakeness, and awakeness came to see itself. And every time awakeness came to see itself yesterday, it went, ah, this is, I mean, there is, it didn't happen like this, but it's basically oneness is saying, nah, I'm not done with living this story yet. I just wanted to drop by and let you know that probably I'll be back. <laughs> because I don't think anybody ends up here by accident and very few people end up here that don't wake up, but I don't wanna lie, not everybody does. And this guy didn't, and I'm very sorry. Nothing I can do about it. I gave him really more than everything. I was exhausted at the end of that session. The session like that takes a great deal out of me. Um, which poor Fred, I mean, I'm not, <laughs> doesn't work quite like that. Uh, but what we want to do is we want to know how to get out of this suffering. I had um, a dear client, one of my favorite people on the planet, called me not long ago, and we were discussing weight and stuff like that. And he said, you know what? I can, I can, I can not eat, but when I don't, then there's a sense of emptiness inside. How do I get over that? How do I, how do I get rid of that? And that's not really what this is about. It really isn't. I mean, I gave him some the best advice I had, but the really the very best advice I had, I gave him, which was flood that with consciousness. What I mean is come to see that. Because where is where is the, the where's the story that there shouldn't be any pangs, that there shouldn't be any suffering? I had the same conversation with somebody earlier today. And I told him, what you're trying to do is you're trying to make an omelet. It's the oldest thing in the world. You're trying to make an omelet and you're unwilling to break any eggs. You don't want anybody to be hurt, you including you, because he was deeply upset. And you don't want the other person to be upset either. And they're going to be. And so are you. And that is the price of, that's the price of freedom. There is a sacrifice for freedom. And the sacrifice is giving up on the idea that there is a personal me. And it's also giving up on the idea that something else should be happening other than what's happening. You have no evidence for that, none. Yet you just believe that and you stick to it and you suffer. You don't give up that belief because there's no one there to do it. 
You can't surrender to awakeness because there's nothing but awakeness. But we can say that in a, in a sense that awakeness surrenders to relativity in the sense that what you can do is you can notice all of this, but you can't change it. You're not in charge here as a character, as a make-believe character, and you're not in charge here once identity falls to awakeness. Awakeness is not in charge here either. No one, to my knowledge, <laughs> is in charge of this. It's just happening. And you know what? The funny thing about this happening is that it happens as it does. It happens as it does. And that may sound <clears throat> cold and indifferent, but I don't mean it that way at all. I mean, how do you know what's good for you? I didn't know what was good for me, and I still don't. But hell, back when I was homeless and living in a park, I thought that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. But it turned out it was the best thing that ever happened to me because it forced me into noticing that there was a serious problem if you're 47, 48 years old and you're living in a park and freezing and dying in the bushes because you got lung infection and your feet are all screwed up, et cetera, et cetera. If I had not lived in the park, I can guarantee you, well, you know, it just, it, it can't not be because that's the way things are. But that's it. There's a direct line between that park, that experience in the park and this experience of teaching because I had to get honest with myself in the park. I had to get honest with myself in recovery. I had to recognize that I was powerless over alcohol first. And then I noticed that if I wanted to stay in that group, uh, I, I needed to surrender to everything else too. Awakeness sort of surrenders to relativity. So the surrender in the park was a, was, was a, a crack in the gate to surrendering within sobriety, within for the surrendering in the into the twelve steps, and <clears throat> that surrender and that spiritual awakening, because there was a spiritual awakening as promised. It just wasn't this spiritual awakening, but it's still a big deal and life changing, and it was the thing that kept me from dying. And I will tell you that AA is the thing that kept Betsy from dying twenty five years ago too. We're both very devoted to the idea of, of, of to, and to the many of the, the ideas of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're just no longer fit for the group. And that's really, it looks like it was our decision, but really it was theirs because they could no longer understand what I was saying because I had had a different spiritual awakening. So I had to leave them for my good and theirs in the sense when I say my good, I mean the character's good. It was just, I, I, was, I, was, I was not only not wasting my time, I was actually probably doing harm there by trying to introduce concepts that were too lofty for that run. Just, that's, that's what we do here. And what was the first thing I did when I, you know, actually before I left AA, I wrote the book Beyond Recovery. This is Beyond Recovery. You are recovering from addiction to your thoughts. You are recovering from your addiction to the idea of separation. And that's what brings you here. That's what brings me here. That's what brings us together. Not that there's two of us, but it feels kind of like it, yeah. 
kind of feels like there's some people here and we're, and we're, we're together, you and I together are going through this. I'm right there with you. You think I'm way over somewhere, but I'm not. I'm right there. I'm nearer than your own breath. I'm right in that room with you or that car with you or whatever it is. So if, you, if you're in a car, go, go find out about my podcast, which you can find at, what is that? Podbean.com. So it's Awakening Clarity Now dash slash pod. No, it's podcast.com slash awakeningclaritynow.com. And uh, you will, uh, you'll find uh, uh, the podcast, which is the video, the audio of all of these videos. You can go and download some of them. Not that many people do, a few hundred. Once in a while, you know, I, it, the, for some reason, something special will come out and, uh, you know, be a couple of thousand people that download it. But it's, you know, still, it's a, it's a fairly limited crew. This teaching is too specialized to be ever, probably, ever be a big teaching. And I have no desire for it to grow. This is about as much as I'm getting old, and this is about as much as I can handle, and I can't really handle this, and neither can Betsy, but we're hanging on by the, you know, by our fingernails, and God seems to be being good to us. So in the sense that we always find a way, but we're bumping up against technology and everything else, and you know why we do this? Because we can't not do it. That's why we really do this. You know, we were talking this morning, and it, it, it's, it's, it's really about trying to bring this teaching to as many people as we possibly can, because it completely changed our lives. I just got off the phone with a client in Ireland, and he said it, the last 13 months has been absolutely life-changing. He said, I cannot believe it. I cannot tell you how grateful I am, this, that, and the other. I said, put that in an email so, so that I can publish it on Awakening Clarity now, because it will bring proof, the proof is in the pudding. So, and I didn't mean to get off on a, on a self-promotion thing. You know, this unit was a salesman for so many decades that it just kind of can't not fall into that habit, but, I'm, I, I, but I apologize, I didn't mean to. But I don't make any money if you go listen to podcasts. So you can excuse me easily there. I don't make any money if you go see the website either. So you can go see that for free. The, uh, <clears throat> and you'll know that you're not adding Fred's wallet, which is a good feeling, I'm sure. I wish so many people didn't have it, but <laughs> I noticed they do. So when we're really suffering, what do we do? When there's real suffering, how do we respond to that? We respond to that as we respond to it. In other words, there is going to be, there is, if there's just a reaction, then we may fall to the floor and froth at the mouth, and that is that. Who knows? We could die of a heart attack. But for awakened beings, there's going to be more of a response than a reaction. But a lot of you folks are not yet awakened, and I understand that. Come to thoughts on Self-promotion, God almighty, he just can't quit. I'm so sorry. Um, <clears throat> but there's a lot of people that are not yet awakened. And if you're not, then 
don't worry about what the non-dual person, how the non-dual person would respond to its aunt dying or its wife dying or the loss of a job or the loss of a home, the loss of a marriage, the loss of a child, God Almighty. I have clients that have lost children. And I can't tell you there's not suffering there. I can tell you there's no personal suffering there. I mean, there's, or we could say there's only personal suffering there is the best way to put it. There's no, awakeness is not suffering. But there's personal suffering there. And my God, who can blame that? Do we really want to get to where we can, that we could lose a child and say, gee whiz, there was never anybody there. I'm not actually angling for that kind of insight. I want to be able to live the humanity that is here as well as the, the, the vastness. When we talk about the character, we're talking about it is a make-believe character, but the traits of that character, the, that's humanness. And characters usually grieve. And sometimes we can, in post-awakening, we can grieve for the character that we've seen through. When we see that there is no Fred, but we end up grieving for him anyway. It's just, it just what happens. That's conditioning. There is DNA, and that DNA arrives on our planet. And then whatever happens to that DNA after it's arrived on our planet ends up being what we call us. And really, it's just a sack of conditioning. It's not inhabited. But it's, it's inhabited by awakeness, but it's not inhabited by anybody. It's inhabited by the, the energetic presence. That's here. But it won't feel like I'm an energetic presence. I, I wouldn't imagine at the moment that, that something dear to me passes on. I'm not going to imagine that scene to try to find out because that's getting ahead of events. Nobody, everybody's fine. <laughs> you know, if somebody gets ill, let me know about it at the time. I don't want to wor worry about stuff ahead of time that doesn't even happen. What Mark Twain say, most of the very worst things that have happened in my life never happened. Allow suffering to just work through it, live through it, feel the pain. <clears throat> I'm, in a, I'm in a weight loss process. I'm not counting calories and I'm not doing any of that stuff. I'm just noticing what I eat. I notice what this eats. And, and what I notice is that every single night, this unit gets hungry. I stay up late. I stay up till, you know, two, three o'clock in the morning on a pretty regular basis. I'm working on this stuff. Got to get the time somewhere. So I steal it from sleep, which is not so great for the workout, Fred. But at any rate, there is a notice that this unit gets hungry every night. And every night, something tells it no. <laughs> and that hurts 
because it's crying to be satisfied. But hell, it's just a pattern. There's no one there crying to be satisfied. It's just a pattern. There's a pattern there of eating whenever it wants, which it particularly was late at night. That's just nothing like eating late at night, except for the fact that you will get fat as hell if you do too much of it. And I was doing too much of it. And Betsy and I simply have a relative deal. This has nothing to do with non-duality, but we have a relative deal. <clears throat> and we use the English phrase, which is we have told each other we will not let down the side, which means that I'm not going to get old and fat until I get older and fat, if I get that way. I might not get any older than I am, and I might not get any fatter. I'm going to get old and ugly until I do, right? Doesn't there's nothing, not that there's anything wrong with being older, uglier, fat, or anything like that. Hell, I have been all those things. I'm not, you know, exactly a model now. The uh, so nor was I ever be yourself. What is yourself? Well, it's whatever you find there. But what I notice is that I don't want to find somebody that is not worthy of Betsy, who is in wonderful shape, and she doesn't want to find anybody in her bed that's not worthy. Uh, she doesn't want to find anybody in there that's not worthy of this unit, which is trying its best, fighting the, the losing battle, but trying its best to maintain a, a level of, of uh, hygiene and, and self-decoration and all of that. Because why not? We can play the relative game. It's a fun game if you're not taking it too seriously, and we don't. And if you are taking it too seriously, watch out. You take your thoughts too seriously, terrible things can happen to a unit. Nothing will happen to you, but terrible things happen to units when they take their thoughts too seriously. And what does suffering come from? It comes from taking your thoughts too seriously. And they're not even your thoughts. <laughs> they're just thoughts that are arising. And when thoughts arise, so-called human beings go, wow, that's my thought. And then the suffering begins. Question that thought. Don't just roll with it. Don't just accept it. Who's talking to you right now? I have no idea. Why am I talking to you? Because it can't not. I can guarantee you that. That's why it's doing it. Is there any other reason? No. Is there a purpose to life? There's a purpose for this life, which is to try to bring the cleanest, clearest teaching that you possibly can to as many people as possible, which is always going to be fairly limited because it's everything I pretty much do is one-on-one. -on -one. You do one-on-one, -on -one, you're limited. But really, you can get you can you you can do unlimited stuff within one on one. So that's the payoff. If something terrible happens to you today, don't try to get rid of the suffering. You might want to notice whose suffering it is. You might want to recognize if you are if you if you are have enough alertness there. Notice that. The, the suffering actually is not affecting you. 
when I first woke up, I expected everything to be great for Fred and it wasn't. But I noticed that at least all that trouble was Fred's and that gave me enough distance between that and all that crap that something terrible didn't happen to this unit, even though this unit had planned to do something terrible to this unit, if you will. It couldn't, my thoughts could not survive deep inquiry. No, I don't think yours can either. Boy, I just, I just love you to death. I really do. I'm honored to be here. And I really am, I really mean that. For, you know, an old no account like me to, to, wow, be in a position where I can talk to a whole bunch of people on a very deep heart level and sometimes even do a little good. My God, that's just a tremendous honor. I can't really, I'll never be, you know, quote, quote, as if there was someone here. But the feeling is I'll never, I would never be worthy of that. And I would never, you don't get this through worthiness. You don't wake up through worthy, worthiness. You don't wake up because of manipulation. You wake up because you can't not. In this teaching, I can encourage you to be in that position where you can't not. And that's what I'm trying to do. I hope this helps. Don't forget, I need subscribers, okay? Please add your name to our subscriber list. Hit that little like button. Hit the bell beside it. Then you won't miss any of these. And then, of course, on Saturday, December 8th at 2 o'clock, hell, we've got, you know, a, a post-awakening seminar coming for two hours. Come be a part of that. If you've had glimpses and stuff, come be a part of that. If you've had a full awakening, but you're unclear, that's fine. Come be a part of that. If you've had anything in between, come be a part of that. It'll help you. It will help you. Okay. I love you very much. And I'll see you uh, soon, maybe next week or something like that. I actually don't know what the timetable is here because I just do these when I have to. Bye for now. Go with love.